Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Let's go back to last week. We focused in on Science Week. We had some very interesting guests. We spoke to Gerald Fleming about the weather and the future... Uh, predictions for the weather, but we also spoke to award-winning STEM communicator, scientist, engineer, writer and performer Neve Shaw, and we invited her back on to look at her life and times, and she joins me now. Good morning to Neve. Hello, nice to be back on. Thanks very much. That's lovely to talk to you, Neve. I've lost count of the number of people who stopped me afterwards and said really enjoyed hearing Neve talk about why the sky is blue, and it's funny the things that engage us at the moment. Yeah. We're all yeah. crying out for information. Uh, look, I want you to talk to me a little bit about this book, Dream Big, an Irish Woman's Space Odyssey. It tells your story, but uh, tell us yeah. more. Um, it was a book that, I guess, um, it was like a publisher approached me who had seen me talk a few times and they said, you know, you clearly have a book in you because every time I hear you speak, it's like you're giving us a chapter. And, you, you know, you have this ability to have a beginning, middle and end, which is sort of what I do as a, as a science communicator is to try and kind of humanise science. And um, he had been the third person to approach me to ask uh, to write about, you know, what I'd experienced so far. And, like, you kind of go, ah, look, you know, like, I'm not some big famous person. Like, why would anybody want to read my story? But anyway, he said, no, seriously, I think it has legs or whatever. And I, you know, I'd never written anything as extensive as a book. And I was nervous about it. And, and I asked him, I said, OK, I'll do it. But if, if the first draft is rubbish, that's it. We'll shake hands and we let it go. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, that's fine. So that's what I did. So I, I spent um, most of 2019 writing it. And it, and uh, I I don't really have a writing style. You know, I sort of wrote in spurts. And it was, um, yeah, it was probably the most challenging thing I've ever done. But then when it was finished, I was like, oh, my God, I actually wrote a book. You know, and it actually captured very well um i guess you know a lot of people ask me like why space and where did that come from and why didn't you why did it take you 20 or 30 years to kind of you know really make a part of your life and i think all those questions are kind of answered yeah. in the book it's written very simply because i don't I, I don't want it full of jargon it's not really about it happens to be about space because that's my passion but really the book is about yeah. anybody who has this burning desire to do something with their life but they're just too afraid to start and have, and you got guess, a, have you got a burning desire i mean would you like to be the first woman to go to mars for example i mean have you got a plan would you like to do space travel yeah i would i mean ideally alan for me it's all about like continuing to tell the story of space because i think at my heart i love sharing information because i'm so curious and nosy i get a great kick out of figuring out a really interesting way of sharing it with people who feel that science and space isn't for them. So so I'm living my absolute best life right now because everything I do now is about like sharing science stories. So the culmination for me would be to tell as many people as possible about space, but then for them to sort of follow my trip uh, to go to somewhere like the International Space Station on a two-week mission to sort of capture what that's like mm. on behalf of a space agency like our own space agency, the European Space Agency. So the role I'm trying to achieve doesn't yet exist. And then when I do that and I do a great job of it, hopefully, and I tell loads of people about it, that they'll get my next gig, <laughs> which might be to the moon. And then I get my next big gig might be to Mars. Like, so, so it's never to be the astronaut, it's to be the reporter on the ground. It's like, right. you know, it's like, you know, those kind of reporters that go to the Amazon or they go to the war zones or something. So I, I want to be that for space. Well, you know, wish you the very the best of luck with it. What's the, closest, <laughs> what's the closest you've ever got to by way of space travel? Have you even, have you even done the simulation? Yeah, yeah. So I did a, I did a few things. I, I was in the, the special airplane that sort of uh, prepares astronauts for what the sensation of uh, no gravity is um, like on the International Space Station. So I went to Moscow and 
Star City and went on the um, on the plane that they use to train astronauts in in this zero gravity uh, vomit comet. So I survived that and uh, was very well chuffed at myself. And then I was on a, um, a simulated Mars mission in 2017, which kind of profoundly changed my life. I kind of became way more connected with the planet and Earth. And I really started seeing how space can kind of teach us how to be yeah. more efficient in terms of like um, our housing plans and everything like that. So, so yeah, I survived that. And, and what I got from that was I, I was much more outdoorsy than I realized. And um, I'm, I'm okay about being, you know, taken out of my comfort zone and, and I'm a good team member. And then last week or just two weeks ago, then I was, um, I, I'm now part of, you know, the official media for the European State Space Agency to, to report on their launches. So we had our, our ESA astronaut launch last Wednesday, Matthias Marotti International Space Station. But of course, he was supposed to launch 10 days previously, which is when I was actually at NASA Kennedy and, and covering the launch. So um, I'm making inroads as this communicator in space. And it's a long, slow walk, but I'm enjoying every single minute of it and savouring it and sharing my, my adventures with so everybody. So did you experience weightlessness in, in the simulation? Yeah. What, what yeah. was that like? I mean, you've no oh control, obviously. What was it like? Yeah. It's kind of like, the closest thing to it is, I don't know if you remember trying to learn to ride a bike. I do. Or trying to learn to swim. Your body is in a state of confusion and you're trying to concentrate. So you, you can only take in information like one little tiny piece at a time. So you, what happens is that the plane takes off and it goes in these sort of really sharp triangle shapes. And at the top of the triangle is when the plane gets turned and, and you get like 30 or 40 seconds of this weightless. And so then you can kind of go mad for 40 seconds and then you go back to twice the force of gravity on your body, which is really disgusting and it makes you feel very sick. So you go from feeling nauseous to then this amazing 30 seconds of chaos and then nauseous again and then it kind of flattens out. Um, I I don't, I can't tell you what it was like. It was just, I was, I could not stop laughing. It was huge fun but you have no idea. Your body cannot understand where gravity's gone. So it's yeah. crazy. It's like, um, it's just really bizarre. And so you enjoy it. And then as you do more of them, so we did about 10, as you kind of get to like six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, the last five, you start to understand, oh my God, I can twirl. Oh my God, I can do this. And you start to play. Brilliant. Right. Wow. I've never heard it described like the way you've described it today. Uh, but but uh, it's, it's great. I mean, you, you've, you've taken us there. You've taken us into the chamber okay. of this of this experiment. Look, yeah. you have many strings to your bow. Uh, in, in 2020, you became an honorary ambassador for the Irish Girl Guides. Why? Yeah. How did this come about? They approached me. So we had been kind of, our circles, have, you know, we've been like, our, our worlds have been kind of touching because I work with them. Um, learn it, learn IT or learn it and they do Lego workshops across the country and they also run First Lego League which is this worldwide uh, competition where you use uh, Lego and um, and code to, to, to create little um, kind of robots and they have these challenges and stuff so the girl guides were being trained by um, by uh, learn it for this competition and so we just kept meeting each other and they every year they, they find a new ambassador and so they asked me to be their 2019 and 2020 um, STEM ambassador. And the thing I'm most proud of is that in my time there, you know the way like guides have the patches, like they have to do certain things in order to get their patch, or their badges as they're called, you know. So I was determined for us to create a space badge. So I worked with Blackrock Castle Observatory, Francis McCarthy there, and 
we got funded um, Azero Ireland, which is this the education arm of the European Space Agency, funded it. So we launched three patches in my ambassadorship uh, all about space. So they're packed with activities, and if they complete them, they get their space badge. You know, so so things like that. It was, it was I was really really proud to be their ambassador. STEM really kind of dominates when you when you put Neve Shaw's name beside anything. Yeah. You Google your name, STEM comes up immediately. STEM yeah. communicator. Yeah. It's a while since I discussed STEM. Just remind everybody what STEM is, please. Well, STEM is just a fancy word for all kind of science and logical um, subjects, you know. So it's STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and maths. But like medicine's in there, geography's in there, you know, uh, chemistry's in there. So it's just that whole gamut of like those subjects where you you usually need numbers to calculate things and and it's it's they're often subjects that people feel ah oh, no I was never good at science ah oh, no I'm no good at math so it's so a lot of what I do is you know um, tell stories my own personal stories about you know my life and the things that I come across and I find that you know after I tell my story you get loads of questions and people are immediately asking questions that are really good and they're all science or technology or engineering or math questions so. I've realized that it's the language and the words, the official kind of jargon around these subjects yeah. is what intimidates people. It does, but yeah. Everybody has, everybody understands it. So my job as a science or a STEM communicator is to give them the information and mm-hmm. then fill in and, and kind of put the words back in where they're needed. But if they're not needed, they don't need them. You know, yeah. so it's important that people understand. But it's, it's, a, it's an incredible journey. I mean, at one stage you were invited to, to speak in Oris and Ukraine. How did that come yeah. about? President Higgins invited you. What was that for? Um, I have no idea how I got on that list, but it was a huge privilege. It was um, International Women's Day, and uh, every year um, the president um, highlights uh, a different group of women um, and has a reception for them on International Women's Day, and, and different women are asked to speak. And I just, you know, I got the golden ticket. Um, um, you know, there were three of us that were asked to speak, and I, um, you know, I, I just wanted to share my insights about what we can do better as, as women together, and and help people and, and, and highlight all of us together. But it was a huge honour. I was terrified. I spent ages poring over my speech, and you have to give your speech in advance, you know, so that they can take a look at it. And you only have um, six minutes, so it has to be timed within an inch of its life. But it was a huge honour to uh, give that um, speech yeah. at Oris and Oaktron, and particularly on International Women's Day. And then when you, look, when you look at your CV, Neve, Fair City pops up. Yes, <laughs> So, oh, I know, Alan, I know. I know how, I know. in the midst of all this, flying around in space missions and dreams <laughs> of going into space, um, you ended up in Fair City? Because I'm as creative as I am logic, and I believe everybody is. I think we have a tendency to tell children who they are from a really young age, and you're telling a child, oh, you're good at maths. Oh, you're good at... No, you're not good at maths. You're good at art. Oh, no, you're not good at art. You're going to be a nurse. We tend to categorize people, but we are all things. And I guess, you know, I grew up in a house where, you know, my mom is from, a, 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 a you know, an Irish family. Traditional Irish music and storytelling uh, is a big part of what they do. And, and, and then dad's dad's family are they're readers and they're you know they're 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 more kind of logical like that so um they were both very keen for me to have a career in in science you know so it was everywhere so you're, you're at one stage you're being told you know study for your exams but then you go away and you spend time with your family and there's music and there's art and there's talk and there's stories and there's jokes so so you know you you i want to express myself as much there as 
as in science. And I was always writing as a kid, writing plays, singing. You couldn't get me off the stage. So it was a real struggle, I have to say, um, for the first, um, you know, the first 40 years because I always felt I had to be one or the other. And when I finished... um, I kind of stepped away from from full-time research in the early 2000s because I'd kind of lost my way a bit, I felt. And then I devoted the following 10 years to to mastering my uh, abilities in in creativity. And then I missed science and it it just was a natural progression to bring the two together. And that was sort of around about 2010 and everything kind of came together. Not shortly after that, I, I gave myself permission to start pursuing this absolute passion I have with space and 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 I realise now that that's okay. my life purpose. My life purpose is to use creativity to to bring the you know the the logic and the information about science and space without the jargon. And and that's what the journey I'm on. Pleasure to talk to you, Neve. I know you've been combining Thanks. the scientific knowledge. You've also done improv. You've done comedy, stand up yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. where do we? I mean, we've only kind of touched <laughs> again lightly on, on on what you've managed to achieve, but. Obviously, your main aim now is to make... Uh, you've, you've talked regularly in the course of our conversation about simplifying it so everyone can understand yeah. it. And I, 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 you're talking to someone who really appreciates that because it is something yeah. that fascinates us. But I'm one of those people who gets bogged down in the jargon and find it difficult. Yeah. But you believe improvisation and performance skills can inspire yeah. and communicate science to the public. So your final message is what? My final message is, is that if you have an interest in anything just start you know i think a lot of people are afraid to try in case they fail and what i learned was if you just do something small every day about your passion just leave it there and if it naturally develops into a whole new part of your career it will but maybe it's just something that you do as a hobby but it'll be extremely fulfilling so you know don't believe in yourself and uh, and give yourself permission to be the very best version of yourself Neve, pleasure to talk to you. Talk to you Thanks, soon. Alan. Bye-bye right. now. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Neve Shaw, award-winning Irish STEM communicator, scientist, engineer, writer and performer. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.